I've had many opportunities to fail. I just don't take any. I know, that sounds so simple that you just, I'm setting you up for what I'm about ready to preach here. I'm going to preach just a little piece of this. Go with me to the book of St. John, chapter 14. What I love about the Bible, it's so orderly. I'm going to do a little teaching this morning. It's so orderly. But, you know, and Jesus did some phenomenal things. Every time he said something powerful, he would either explain it or put a parable to it so you could interpret it in a certain way and understand his word. Now, I want to ask a question. I want everybody to look at me. How many of you believe the word of God? Hold your hand up. Let's find out. Let's find out if we really do. Already? Now, I'm, I like the old King James Version because it's so poetical. But I don't mind other translations and things of that nature. I Before I read St. John chapter 14, verse 1, I have to read St. John chapter 13, verse 37, where Peter and Jesus is talking. Peter is the head of the Jesus and the evangelistic association. Jesus makes him the head of the office. Look what he says in verse 37 of St. John 13 first. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Have you ever heard that before? Has anybody ever said, I'm with you, man. I got your back, son. You can, you, I'm t I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And you ain't seen them since? <laughs> Hold your hand up if that's true. Come on, be honest. Isn't that true? People say a lot of stuff. Look what Jesus says to Peter. Jesus answered and said unto him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the rooster shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Now you think that Jesus would explain that statement to the head of his ministry. Because if he just said that to me, I'd say, whoa, Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean, my God, man? I, I, I let out my life. He didn't say nothing. He just jumped the track. He changed tracks. St. John 14, verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Watch this. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Uh-oh, now he done made the church world mad as a hornet right there. I mean, the Jewish world is going, just steaming because he just equates himself to God. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Now you think he would explain that kind of statement. Because if you said that at the General Council of the Assemblies of God, they would eat your lunch about that, even today. Who do you think you are, Jesus? He equates himself with God. Whoa! He said, don't be troubled about it. You think he would explain that, but he doesn't. He goes to the next verse. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, what good did it do you to know what kind of house of God builds in heaven? Why did you need to know he builds mansions in heaven? What makes a house a mansion? One word, big. <laughs> When's the last time you saw a mansion trailer? <laughs> you have not. You might have seen a double wide, but you ain't seen no mansion trailer. Now, what good did it do you to know what kind of houses God builds in heaven? Let me help you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? 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 Oh, let me get black with it. Where, Lord? Where? As it is where? How come you're not living in a mansion? Oh, I lost a few of you right there. Did you hear that? <laughs> I thought you said you believe the word of God. Oh. Oh. You think he'd explain that, right? No. He jumps the track again. He goes, I'll go to prepare a place for you. Three different times. 
He had an opportunity to explain what he was saying, and he didn't. Why? He's trying to get all of us and these people that were in front of him to St. John chapter 14, verse 12, 13 and 14. Verse 12 says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Well, you said you believe the word of God. You have you raised the dead, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give, fed 5,000 people with a two-piece fish dinner, walking on the water. That's red, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you said you believe the word of God. Why are we doing these things? Because the church won't allow us to. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater. Oh, God. Now, he's taking it to the extreme. This is in red. This is Jesus talking. And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go to my father. So he's got a place to go. Now he goes slap radical in verse 13. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now, let me ask you people in Oklahoma City, what does whatsoever mean to you? Whatsoever, right? It's three words in one word, right, Sherry? It's just whatsoever. So that can be spiritual, physical, financial, all three. Don't shout me down. Listen to me. This is Jesus talking. This ain't Jesse. This is not the Apostle Paul. This is God incarnate. He says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Whoa. Now the church has this. Well, if it be his will. No. No. He didn't say that. They said that. When we going to believe what he said? Don't look at me. Look at the verse. <laughs> whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Now notice that you've got to understand that name. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You mean to tell me when you ask God for something, the Father gets glorified and Jesus gets magnified? The church said, well, yeah, but that's the only spiritual thing. No, no, that's not a whatsoever. This is a whatsoever. See, the church has told you you can't ask God. But how many of you want a new house? Don't lie. Lift your hand up. How about a new car? I don't know. Whatever you like. Do you know when you do that, you know when angels say, Father, they're glorifying you. Don't shout me down. I know. Where you going? That's what he said. I'm not really giving you my opinion. I'm just telling you what he said. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified. Yet yeah, the church has stopped you from asking because they don't want you to be greedy. Well, that's greed. Could be growth. Could be glory. Then on the verse 14, he just go, oh, Lord Jesus. He says, if you shall ask anything. Now, what does anything mean to you people in Oklahoma? He said, I'll do it. Jesus, my God. Did you hear what he just said? That's Jesus talking. He don't lie. Whatsoever in anything. Or synonymous. He says, I don't care. It can be spiritual. It can be physical. It can be financial. It can be all three. But you have to understand the name. Oh, Lord. See, he's given us power of attorney to use his name. Now, what does that mean? Mike Schaefer, if you gave me power of attorney over your stuff, I become you. I can sell your house when you're not even present. Because according to the law, I am Mike Schaefer because you gave me power of attorney. Jesus gave us power of attorney to you is his name. See, his name is in you. Oh, Lord. I'm, 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 it's hard not to speak in the Holy Ghost. His name is in, a, in us, in us, not on us. 
See, the church preaches it on us. No, no, in us. Let me give you an example. You don't have to turn to the scripture. Exodus chapter 23, verses 19, 20, and 21 is the first glimpse of the Trinity in the Bible. There's this angel. He's a pillar of fire at night, and he's a cloud by day, and he's leading Israel in the desert. They, call, they didn't know what else to call him. They called him the Jehovah angel. What else could they say? They didn't know. Because you see, the Jews don't believe that God could ever have a son. That was Jesus Christ before he was Savior. He was leading Israel like he's leading the church. But watch what God said. He said, do not provoke that angel. Because he will not forgive your trespasses. Uh-oh. For my name is in him. See, the name of God is on Gabriel. On Michael. On the wheel within the wheel. On all the created species. But he put his name in you. His name is not on us. His name is in us. Christ in us. Name in me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. That's why we're the only species ever created by God that can sit down in his presence. Angels got to stand at attention. But you can sit down. Why? Because you family. He put his name in you. In you. Do you understand? That's why he said anything whatsoever. The heart of God is the Father. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Ghost. But the hands of God is the church. That's why when you go to the throne, you've got 24 elders sitting down. Every angel standing. Why angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to you? Because they're service, but you're not service. You are sons and daughters that serve. He put his name in us. See, that angel, that's Jesus before he was Savior. And you know what? He's going back to that job after this thing starts off. He becomes the judge then. You don't provoke him. Ooh. So while he's Savior, you might want to get in. You understand what I'm saying? Because his name, Christ in you, in you. I know people hadn't heard this before. I know this is radical. Christ in you, the hope of glory. His name is in us. That's why we can come boldly to the throne. That's why he says whatsoever, anything, I don't care. Because all I'm doing is blessing myself. That's why he says, what is man? That thou art mindful of him. Now watch this. And the son of man that thou visited, not only was he mindful of you, he visits you. Good God. He puts all the works of his hand in your hands. The reason why Satan hates you, because you're his boss. Every created being has to bow at the name of Jesus, and his name is in you. Good God, do you see that? So if you're taking notes, write this down. It takes great faith to even read Christ's teachings to ask anything, much less accept it and start believing it. It just takes great faith to believe that. Well, I know he said that, but he can't mean that. That's exactly what he said. He means exactly what he says. See, there's another verse of scripture that a lot of people, he, Jesus said it, but they don't believe it. It's in Mark 11, 23 and 24. That's, they say that's the verses Kenneth Hagin wrote. I don't know if that's true or not, because he preached on that for 60 years. He said, if you would say unto this mountain, be thou, it's in red, Mark 11, 23 and 24. If you say unto this mountain, be, thou, be removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, believe those things which you say, not what God says, which you say, not what God says. You shall have whatsoever you say it. What things ever you desire, not what God desires, what you desire. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive. Not when you see it, 
not when you feel it or physically, it's when you pray. Believe that you receive and you shall have it. Well, how come we don't have that? Because the church world for 2,000 years had made you a mountain climber instead of a mountain dissolver. You've been climbing mountains you should have never climbed. He didn't make you. He said, say to that mountain, be that removed. Why do you have a hard time telling your mountain where to go? You tell everybody else where to go. You ain't got no problem telling somebody else where to go real quick, especially when the preacher's not around. All right, let me just tell you something. You see what I'm saying? We've been climbing mountains we should have never climbed. We are mountain dissolvers because his name is in us. See, your everything is his anything. That's the theme I've been using. He said, Jesse, everything is my, your everything. Come on, say something. Is my anything. Good God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This is just a little piece of that book. I hope you get that book because it'll change your life. Because this is, it's forget homiletics, hermeneutics, philosophy, theology, and all that other kind of stuff. It's beyond the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. And that's good stuff. That's P.C. Nelson's book. If you want to know about it, that's where they got it. And it's great stuff. But when you realize that his name is in you. See, a Christ. Let me just say that. See this Bible? This is God in written form. I just touched him. I just touched it. His word, you can't separate him from his word. See, a Christ devoid of the supernatural is not the Christ of the Gospels. We have made the supernatural wrong. See what I just did a while ago, flowing in the Holy Ghost? A lot of churches won't let me do that, Charles. Mm, we don't do that anymore. When Jesus, well, we don't believe in healing. Well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today. And forever. What part of that you don't understand? What part of that you didn't get? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Brother Jesse. I ain't going to say I'm healed when I am sick. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your word healed. If I can get you to look at your word healed like you're looking at your am sick, I get rid of your am sick with your word healed. Well, I know you said that, but I'm not going to say I'm healed when I am sick. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your word healed. If I can get you to look at your word healed like you're looking at your am sick, I get rid of your am sick with your word healed. I'm trying to get you to look at your answer like you're looking at your problem. That's all I'm doing. That's it. That's all God's doing. How many of you saved? Hold your hand up. Prove it. You can't. You don't have a contract signed by God that when you die, you go to heaven. But ain't nobody can talk you out of it. Why? Because you didn't say it here. You said it here. In you. See, the teachings of Jesus are very revolutionary. Why? Because he's divine. Oh, he's talking about revolutionary. I mean, Jesus was preaching one time, Mike, and somebody interrupted his sermon. Brother Jesus. Brother, brother Jesus. Brother Jesus. What? Your mother's here. Oh. You think he would say, oh, hey, mom. He goes, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Why, that have been my mama. She would slap my teeth out my mouth. Boy, you talk to me like that, I'll knock your brains out. Same thing. See, you got to understand something about Mary. What a wonderful person. But she was just as human as you are. Do you know Mary lost God for three days? If, you, if your kid or grandkid was missing for five minutes, would you know about it? Hold your hand up. You know you would, right? Not Mary and Joseph. <laughs> they know he's gone for three 
days. Hail Mary. The Lord is not with thee. You gotta go find that boy. It's the only time in the scripture where it shows that they are aggravated at Jesus. Then he says that word, woman. Oh Lord, mama would have knocked me out if I'd have said that. I'm about my father's business. Did you hear that? I'm about my father's business. He didn't say I'm about my father's ministry. What was he doing? Talking to them guys in the temple? Yeah, he was impressing them with his knowledge of the word, but they're more impressed about his understanding of business. He came back at 30 years old and ran them all out. He said, you made my father's house a den of thieves. I told you when I was 12, I'd have run this place. It's a business. You see, when you leave tomorrow to go to Africa, you're going to do God's business. Ooh, Jesus. Not to build churches. You do whatever God's calling you to do. You see, Jesus is very revolutionary. So am I. <laughs> Why? Imitator. Now, what I'm about ready to say, here's the problem. And if you can write it down so you won't forget it. The teachings of Jesus or the word of God is so powerful that it sometimes makes the brain want to tilt. Well, I know he said that, but you certainly can. No, you know why? You know why your brain's tilting? Because the word of God. Now, listen, I'm about ready to, open, I'm about ready to answer something that should have been answered 2,000 years ago. The word of God is not soulish. The word of God is not my mind's soul, spirit, or emotion. The word of God is spirit. See, it's not soulish, mind, will, and emotion. The soul of man is the mind, the will, and the emotion. The word of God is spirit, and you worship God in what? And in what? That's why when he says that, well, I know he said that, but he, he certainly can't mean that. So we're going to have to put some uh, limitation. No, 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 no. See, the word of God is spirit. It's not soulish. How many of you knew I was coming here today? Hold your hand up. How'd you know? You couldn't see me. You couldn't hear me. You couldn't touch me. You couldn't smell me. I was not in the realm of your five senses, but you came. What would you have done if Pastor Michael got up and said, uh, Brother Jesse ain't coming today. I just want to see how many of y'all would come out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be a crucifixion in Oklahoma <laughs> Watch this. You know why you came? Spirit. Because your soul couldn't handle it. Your soul would have said, now, wait a minute here. I can't see him. I ain't going down there. I got to touch him. I got to smell him. I, he, got to, he got to be in the room of the fine senses there. Ah, see, the word of God is spirit. It's not soulish. That's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He's talking spirit here. Power. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, why don't people do this? Many believers don't ask anything out of a misplaced sense of protection. Just in case God don't do it. Just, just, just in case. <laughs> when he's done everything he's going to do, all you got to do is receive it. See, all he asks you to do is what you did this morning. Get in your car and go to a church to hear a guy you can't see. You can't hear. You can't smell. You can't touch. You didn't have a problem doing that, did you? You got your car and came, right? I mean, Gary came and picked me up at the plane. He just come driving out there. Just expecting. 
how can we how, how can we believe people who can fail, but we can't believe a God who can't? Because you see, we look at the Word of God from the mind, the will, and the emotion, induction and reasoning, intellectual activity, range and research. Not, that all is out the window. See, you worship Him in spirit, because the Word of God is spirit. See, fear and faith cannot cohabitate in your mind. Why? One must rule if you want to obey God. They cannot cohabitate. When Jody, jo, my daughter Jody is going to be 48 years old in five days. Right before I left, she said, Daddy, I'm going to be 48. I said, I know. I was there when you was born. She said, boy, Dad, you don't want to know how old you are. <laughs> I said, I know exactly how old I am. I'm 70 years old. I passed it. Now I'm going to say, you know, and, and I enjoy being 70. Why? Never been there before. I don't care. My, my staff said, we can't stay up with you, boss. You've got so much energy. Well, I just do what the Lord tells me to do. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. You see, as you get older, you lose all that ego mess. Well, most, not all men, but most men do. You know, you, you, you know when you're young, you're kind of dumb and crazy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all that kind of craziness. No, you, you know, you just be you. You just be you. Kathy told me this morning when I left. She said, you know, you look, you look better now than when I first married you. I said, you need healing in your eyes, woman. <laughs> you, you need, uh -uh, I got the pictures. Uh -uh, I do not look better now. I don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I didn't say nothing about her, so I just shut my mouth and walked out the house. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember one time Jody was under pressure. She was 14 years old. You know, if, you got, if you're a preacher's kid, people always ask, well, you're going to be like your mom, you're going to be like your dad. You know, and, 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 let me tell you something about 14. 14 is 14 whether you're saved or unsaved. You're just 14 years old. You don't know what you're doing. You're waking up to things you never thought of before, and you just got to figure it all out as you go. So I, I saw that on her. So I, I came in one time from a trip, and I said, Jody, sit down. Daddy, I want to talk to you. She goes, what, Dad? I said, Jody, look, look at me. She just looked at me. I said, you cannot ruin my reputation. I just want you to be you, Jody. You just be you. I said, Jody, I'm with you, man. You can never do nothing bad enough to stop me from being your daddy. If you robbed the store, I'd probably drive the getaway car. <laughs> but I'd be chewing your little butt out. You stupid, you dumb, dumb, you crazy girl, you nuts. You cannot, you cannot do something to stop me from being your daddy. Only one that can ruin my reputation is me. That took the pressure off of her. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to try to protect God's reputation. I don't care what you do. He'll never leave you and never forsake you. He's El Shaddad, right, to you. El Shaddai to El Shaddad. Think about that. Ooh, I got a revelation the other day, and I think I'm going to do it in my visionary conference. When Moses was standing out there, the Lord said, just say this little piece. And he said, I'm going to turn and see this great sight. A bush that's not burning. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord was in the bush. They call it the Jehovah. Watch it. But when he turned, the angel didn't speak. God spoke. He waited for him to turn. If you want God to talk to you, you need something bigger than an angel, buddy. He waited for him. And then God said, Moses, Moses. Sound like Charlton Heston, don't you? 
<laughs> you know that was Charlton Heston's voice who played God too? And you know why he told that to Cecil B. DeMille? He said, I need to be the voice of God. He said, well, you can't be the voice of God. You're the voice of Moses. He said, well, Moses heard God inside of him. He said, so it's got to sound like me. He said, so we'll slow it down. Moses. Moses. And if you listen, then you can hear his voice. And that made perfect sense. See what I'm saying? His name is in you. See, you don't have to protect God's reputation. And you never watered down Christ's teachings to ask anything. So if you want a house, fine. You don't care. People say, that prosperity message is of the devil. Then you can't go to heaven. You will. <laughs> you can't go. You can't go. You're going to get mad at Jesus. Oh, God. You're going to walk up there and there's gold streets. And you're going to go, huh? And diamond and beryl and jasper and onyx ruby and pearly gates. And you're going to go, no, Jesus. No, no Jesus. This ain't right. He's going to say, go to hell. He going <laughs> to look at Mike. Mm. Now, for you people in Oklahoma, that ain't cussing. In Louisiana, that's a location. That's a location. <laughs> Trying to help you out here. You can't do that. What you going to tell Jesus? Jesus, why would you make a pearly gate? When all those kids were starving in Africa and they died, why'd you use that money? Oh, don't that sound kind of like today? Why you need that? You could have did to help the poor. You know what Jesus is going to say? Let me tell you something. Wherever there was a famine on the planet Earth, there was an abundance. He said, I caused the planet Earth to produce enough food to feed every woman, every man, every boy, and every girl. But man's inhumanity to man. Let them kids starve to death. We got corn in Iowa, the the bins are full, and they got to stop. They stored it on top of the ground. But if you ain't got money to buy it, the, the child's going to die in Africa. You can't blame that on God. That's man's inhumanity to man. And let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, he ain't ripping up the gold and putting gravel. <laughs> now watch this. Deuteronomy 8.18. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get what? So when you going to give him glory? Well, if wealth is so bad, why did he give you power to get it? When you going to give him glory? When you going to give him what he wishes? I said a little bit. What does he wish? Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you what? Oh, Jesus. My God. What are we going to believe what he said? How about Psalms 35, verse 27? My Lord, he said, uh, the joy that right, favors a righteous God. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath what? Pleasure. Pleasure. No, that's a word Pentecostals freak out over. Pleasure. That's a sin. <laughs> oh, you say pleasure. Ah, sin. <laughs> I really believe them old Pentecost, they preached against premarital sex because they just knew it would lead to dancing. <laughs> Look at y'all. Uh, uh. Hey, I'm flying out of town tonight, so no, today. So. <laughs> pleasure. Can't have pleasure. Why can't you? <laughs> There's a lot of pleasure that's not sin. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power. When are you going to give him pleasure? Watch it. When are you going to give him honor? He said, if you honor me, I will honor you. When are we going to do these things? We're going to wait another millennium? Or we're going to wait another century? When are we going to let God do something for us? When? When? 
He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. On your best day, you can't impress God with your wealth. He don't care about that. He don't care what you drive. He don't care what you fly. He don't care what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you wear. Church world does. Well, I just don't think you ought to have that. I don't think I asked you. (laughs) Oh, and I know that sounds arrogant and cocky. No. Wait a minute. It's my heavenly father that gets pleasure. And watch this. The prosperity. Do me a favor. Put Psalms 35 verse 27 up on that screen. And then I'm going to close. I don't want to hold you long. Y'all enjoying this? This is just a little piece of this book. Your everything is in it. Look at this Psalms 35. Psalms 35 verse 27 in the King James. If you can put that up there. He says, let them shout for joy. I can quote it, but I want people to see it. Let them shout for joy and be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Y'all got it, guys? Psalms 35 verse 27. Boy, they're running fast. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Watch that. There it is. That favor. Whoa. That favor. Yeah. This is the Bible now. Favor my righteous God. So it's righteous to have favor. That's righteous to have favor. Let them say, how long? How long? Wow. Let the Lord be magnified. Which hath what? In the what? I thought that was a sin. I thought that prosperity message is sin. Now, somebody lying. Either you lying or God's lying. I pick you. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. I'm not, I haven't given anybody my opinion yet. Which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, if he had pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, how, that's the Old Testament. How much more would he have pleasure in the prosperity of his sons and daughters? I get pleasure when my daughter's happy and when my granddaughter's happy. It just blesses me to bless them. I'll say one more thing and I'll close. Some of you ain't going to like this, but that's okay. People get mad at me because I've been to Hawaii 105 times. Why? Because you're going to die if you don't stop in Honolulu. The longest stretch of water in the world where you better have enough fuel is Los Angeles to Honolulu. Everybody stops to get fuel. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you're 747. And, you, and when you get to Australia, you're on the fumes, buddy. You have to stop to get fuel. Well, we stopped. She said, Jesse, can't we stay two or three days? Yeah, I said, yeah, if you want to. And she just gets to, I don't know how to relax much. I'm, I'm a generation that works. I just work. That's what I do, you know. So she's in this beautiful room, Sherry, listen to it. And she goes, Jesse, look at the ocean. I said, I seen it. It's water. She said, what is wrong with you? She said, my God, this place is like a paradise. I said, well, yes, it is. I guess it is. You know, and I said, but uh, it's nice, you know. And, uh, and after I'm there two or three days, you, you, you ready to get out of here? You, you done lost your ever-loving mind? So I said, well, I'll stay. I mean, I'll stay, you know, but I didn't. Yeah, anyway. She said, when are you going to learn to relax? I said, can I relax the way I want to here? She said, yes. I said, good. I went to the, <laughs> I'm on the 11th floor so you can see the ocean and all the beautiful, and I closed all the curtains. She said, what you doing? I said, I'm going to watch Turner Classic Movies. 
I like Turner Classic movies. I like them old black and white movies. I like the movies, man. She said, you gonna what? I said, well, you want me to relax? You know I like movies. And I like them old movies. I, I like Sergeant York with Gary Cooper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, he's a, you know, look at some of the young people. Huh? You know, Jezebel, but Betty Davis, Lord Jesus. I mean, these were great actors. I mean, phenomenal. Gregory Peck, you know, The Keys to the Kingdom. Anybody ever seen that? Oh, man, that's some great. And I said, I'm going to order room service. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy myself. She says, what? <laughs> okay. She said, well, I'm going to the Al- Anybody ever been to Honolulu? Anybody here been to Honolulu? Have you ever been to the Alamoana Mall? You almost got to speak in tongues to say that mall, my Alamoana. You know? Now, the third floor, you better have some money. If you breathe, it costs you $5,000 up there. That third floor is rough. They got Givenchy, Escada, Christian Dior, Chanel, Louis Vuitton. I mean, first floor is where everybody normal goes. So Kathy said, well, I'm going to the mall. And I don't rent cars. I'm, not in my way, I do, but not in Honolulu. And I'm preaching all the time, see. But I, it's hard to park a car in Honolulu, so I just get cabs. I get a taxi or something like that. And uh, so she said, well, I'm going to go to the mall, which is only, I don't know, five minutes by a cab from the Hilton Hawaiian Village. If you want. Anybody ever been to that, uh, that hotel? You've been to it. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, watch this. So she's about ready to walk out the door. And I turned on ESPN. You know, before I was going to watch the Turner Classic movie. And I went, hey, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. She said, what? I said, you going to the mall today? Yeah. I said, try to break me. She said, what? I said, give it your best shot, mama. <laughs> Buy anything you want. Buy two. Buy three. Try to break me, because you can't. It's impossible. I got too much seed in the ground. Give it your best shot. Have a nice day. <laughs> now, I don't mean not to be bragging. <laughs> Let me explain that. She walked out, I didn't sweat nothing, and I saw, uh, uh, what's his name, LeBron James, he was doing it, and he lifted his hand and he had a white watch on, I thought, oh, I like that white watch, man, that's a, that's a, and I knew Kathy had one of them white watches, I said, but they're kind of feminine, you know, but his wasn't feminine, his was a little thicker, I said, hmm, hmm. I'm going I'm going down Kalakawa Avenue. So I walked out that room before I watched my Turner Classic movie. I walked down Waikiki Beach to, to the Chanel store. And I said, excuse me. They said, how you doing, Reverend? They knew me. I said, you, you know me? Oh, we watch a television show. I'm preaching to 2.9 billion people, 14 different languages. I don't mean that probably all over the world. I said, oh, thank you. I said, listen, I was just watching ESPN and LeBron James. You know who LeBron? Yeah, great basketball player. I said, he got this white watch. She said, we know we sold it to him. I said, you did? Yeah. I said, well, I like it because it's thicker. You know, it don't look as feminine as the other one. I want one. He said, well, you don't have one left. I said, well, can I look at it? She said, yes. So she brings it out like that boy. And I, I said, man, what do you think? I said, I said, it looks better on LeBron because he has a bigger wrist, you know, than I do. I said, I want that watch. She said, okay, sir. I said, well, you have to take some links out because, you know, I don't have a real big wrist. Make a long story short. Kathy calls me. I never, I don't even carry a cell phone. I still don't. But when I go overseas, I have to carry a phone so they can get a hold of me. It's a flip phone. It was made in the 80s. <laughs> so I was in, it's Kathy. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, on, I'm at the Chanel store. 
You had to what? I said, I'm at the Chanel store on Calicaro Avenue. I said, I, I was watching ESPN before I started watching my movies. I'm gonna go back and watch my movies. And LeBron James had their white watch. And I thought, of, and, and they sold it to him. So I'm gonna get one like that. She said, Jesse, I've been wanting to buy you something for your birthday. Buy that watch and pay for it. What part of that I didn't get? Yeah, I thought. Okay. And she said, "I'll let you know." She said, you, "She said I'm still shopping." I said, "Okay." I said, well, "Well, you know, you don't have to come for lunch or something like that." I said, "I, I just grab something at the cheesecake real quick." I said, "And uh, call me when you're ready for supper or earlier." Whatever. Now this, she left at nine o'clock. At eight thirty that night, she called me. She'd been in that mall eleven and a half hours. That would drive me crazy. She said, meet me at Bubba Gumps. Bubba Gumps. What's Bubba Gump? Oh, yeah, in a movie, Bubba Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump. So there's a fourth floor at the Alamo. That's where the restaurants are. I didn't know that. So I go up there, and I said, what'd you get? She said, nothing. I said, nothing. I said, Kathy, you've been here 11 and a half hours, and you couldn't get She said, well, I wanted to see everything before I buy. Oh. Okay, let me see your watch. You like your birthday present I bought you? <laughs> I didn't say nothing, Charles. I said, I, I can't thank you enough. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> Next day she goes. I'm watching Turner Classic movies. She comes in with one, she bought one thing. Which one thing? I said, that's all you got? She said, yeah. You see, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me, come a little closer to me. When you understand whatsoever and you understand anything, you're not running crazy to buy everything you can get your hands on. You see, you know, she could have what she wants. I don't mean that probably she can get anything she wants anytime. But you see, when, once you understand that, you go, oh, it's not all that important as you thought it was. So she got her a nice purse, and that's it. I said, well, Kathy, you want something else? No, that's it. Okay. Now, I had, I was El Shaddad. The whole ball of wax, mama, do what you want to do. God has done everything for us. Well, brother, how come you don't have a Rolls Royce? I don't know. I can go buy one. I don't mean that pridefully. I don't know. Maybe I will one day. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I like my truck better. I know that sounds nuts. She said, what do you want a truck for? You don't carry nothing. I don't care. I want a truck. You get the car you want, I want a truck. I want a two-seater truck. Well, you got to have more than that. I said, I don't want nobody riding in it, just me. And one other person, I just want my truck. That's it. She said, I don't carry nothing. I don't care. It's a good truck, too. It's, it's a... Uh, Dodge Ram 1500, uh, oh, what do they call that? A, oh, it's, fat, it's an RT. Uh, uh, I took a vet the other day. I shouldn't have done it, but I couldn't help myself. I was on the interstate and I went by, and he looked at me, he went, nice truck. He said, I said, hey, come on. <laughs> it got 428 horsepower on that crazy thing. I smoked it. He had a sad look on his face. I was so glad the cops didn't come. Oh, Jesus, man. I, couldn't get, I said, I'm so proud of my truck. 
It's a 2012. It's not brand new. It looks like the day I bought it. It don't have a scratch on it. I'll, when it rains, I'll get, in, I'll get in the garage. I don't want the rain on it. <laughs> it's a gorgeous truck. I just like the crazy. And she said, you know, you've owned this vehicle longer than any vehicle you've owned in your life. I said, yeah, but I like that truck. Would you want a new one? No. I can go get a new one. Now, they don't make an RT. This RT is a special edition Hemi engine and, uh, I don't know, I'm not mechanical. Uh, the, the chassis, that's why you can take a vet, son. That thing is, you got to watch it. They get away from you. That thing, I, I, and I don't do that often. You know, I just, I don't know, I just like the thing. She said, well, I'll get you. I, I, you can go good enough? I said, no. No. Why? Because I can't. That's what God is trying to get the body of Christ to. Where you can ask whatsoever in anything. And when you get to that point, you won't be like, oh, Jesus, can I have 14 Rolexes? Yes, you little flesh creature. Here. No. No, we're not, we're not dealing with that. You see, now you're getting in the flesh on something. But once you understand, he don't have to save you again. You know, you don't crucify Jesus twice. Why? Because... Once is good enough. Once you get to that point, spiritual, physical, financial, whatsoever in anything, then when you read this, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You go, well, if I want it, fine. If I don't, fine. It doesn't make any difference. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I approve this message. <laughs> Stand to your feet. I went a little long, Mike. I apologize. 11.48. This is just a little piece of that book. Oh, you everything is his anything. You know, we've trained my daughter now and my granddaughter. She's 11. A lot of times, Charles and Sherry, I'll just, you know, I only have one daughter, one granddaughter. They're the light of my life. They really are, you know. And I'll say, um, Meredith, what do you want? She's 11, you know. You can have anything, Meredith. You want two, five, whatever you want, anything. She goes, I don't want anything. I have everything. I'm fine. Why? Because she hasn't been raised with a poverty spirit. But she's starting to notice money now. She looks 14, which we don't like. She's 11, but she looks 14. And we're starting to see stuff we don't want to see. It's called puberty and stuff like that. So Jody called me. She said, Dad, are you a man of God? I said, yes, I am. She said, can you stop this? I said, no, I can't. I cannot. I can't. I said, I want to, but I can't. I said, but you teach her. You teach her. And you know, she never looks down on anybody. But she's starting to notice money. She said this the other day. Grandfather. She calls me grandfather. Calls the other side grandpa. She goes, grandfather, how much money you got? And where is it? I want to see it. <laughs> I said, why do you want to do that? Well, you said everything you have belongs to mama and me. I said, that's true. You're my only heir. I said, you're not old enough, but one day you'll understand that. I said, but Meredith, we are people that work. I will leave you in great shape. You, I, I didn't tell her that, but I can't. She'll never have to work a day in her life. But she's going to work. She's going to work. We work in this family. We don't look down at people who have less. Because I was raised very poor and I wasn't ashamed of that. My mom and dad did the best they could. 
but it was a lack of knowledge that stopped them from that lived in poverty, not a lack of money. It was here. So now, what do you want? What do you want? It's a strong statement, isn't it? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Let patience have his perfect work, that you're perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The young lions do suffer lack, but he that seeks my face shall not want any good thing. What do you want? Because you see, it's a whatsoever. It can be spiritual. It can be physical. It can be financial. It can be all three. When are you going to give God glory? When are you going to give him honor? When are you going to give him pleasure? When are you going to give him what he wishes? All I wanted to do was bless Meredith. You know what she wanted? I see, I get you. she says, Grandfather, let's go to P.F. Chang's. I said, let's go. She said, can I order anything I want? I said, yes. Yes, order anything you want. She likes Chinese food, you know. She's, and I, I'm an appetizer person. I love appetizers and stuff like that. She said, I think I'm going to get them shrimp dumplings as an appetizer. I said, okay, you want anything else? How about some crab ragouts? I said, okay, anything else? Uh, I have that sweet and sour chicken. She said, but I want the white rice. I said, That's, don't tell me, tell her. <laughs> and then she looked at the white rice. She said, he's going to give you a big tip. <laughs> I didn't think she was noticing that, Starla. See, you know what she asked me? She asked me at yeah, that meal, you know what she said? Well, this makes you feel good. She goes, Grandfather, you were born in the 19s, weren't you? <laughs> God help me. I said, so was your mama. <laughs> the 19s. I never thought of that before. The 19s. She said, did y'all have any cars? I said, yes, we had cars. I'm 70 years old. I was born in 1949. We have cars. I said, but Meredith, my grandfather was born in the 18s. The 18s. Yeah, 1888. One of them was born in 1888. And she's nuts about cars. She said, did they have any cars? I said, no, he had a horse and a buggy. But he got rid of the horse and the buggy and got a car. He lived real, real long. One of my grandfathers. That really makes you feel good all under. You're born in the 19s. <laughs> you ever thought about that for a second? Think about it. I said, well, Meredith, one day, if Jesus tarries, you were born at the turn of the century. You were born in 2008. She said, so people are going to say, my grandmother was born at the turn of the century. I said, you probably won't have any cars when you get that old. I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to come up with something better than what we got today. Take the person's hand next to you. I want to pray for God to save you. Look at me when I say this, and I mean this. I don't say that because Mike and Stahl is my friends, and I have a real great long association with, with the Schaefers over all these years. I am a churchgoer. Always has, always will be. 
because it's the only thing in the world that the gates of hell cannot prevail against is the church. You don't have a good church, here's a good one. How do you know? I'm here. Do you know I, mean? I don't mean this probably. You know how many churches ask me to come in this area? I don't mean that privately. I'm talking about, I, mm -mm. see, I understand something. I understand covenant. I understand covenant completely. So I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, I ask you to save them today. Forgive them of all their sin. Lord, all they have to do is believe with their heart and confess with their mouth. That you rose from the dead. You said they would be saved. Because with the heart, man believeth in the righteousness. And with the mouth, salvation is made in a confession. So simple. Lord, I need another brother and another sister in the Lord. I ask you to save people here today. And Lord, if there's some of them struggling with their Christianity, all they got to do is draw closer to you. And once they get so close to you, those temptations won't overtake them. And Father, so that they'll not, so that they'll receive you personally or rededicate. If I've committed any sin, iniquity, or trespass, I say it before all these people. I ask you to forgive me. You're faithful and just to forgive me. I repent of it. I have. You said you're faithful and just. Thank you, Lord, that you said whatsoever we shall ask. We ask for your light. Thank you for washing our sin away. We don't even have a record against us. You didn't cover it. You washed it away. I ask you to save people here today. Heal people that need healing because wherever there's salvation, there's a great healing. Diabetes has a name, cancer, high blood pressure, crippling arthritis, infectious disorder. The symptoms of old age, all that has names. But you said everything named bows at the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm feeling pretty good, but I don't know why people should. I ask you to bless these people and bless this church. It's called Harvest, Lord. My God. The seeds that this church has sown into my ministry has been phenomenal. You sent me here years ago to introduce me to a man and a woman named Dan and Bonnie Schaefer, who I did not know, had heard of. Little did I realize you'd cut a covenant, not only with them, but with the sons, with the family. We used to call each other twins, God, you remember that? And everybody would laugh because he, he was six foot 16 and I was five foot 20. And I thank you that they're more alive today than they are when they were here. But see, covenant goes in heaven and stays on the earth also. So thank you for saving people and for helping people and for healing people. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a standing ovation. Would you do that?